This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Hey guys, welcome back to Gilmy Talks. This is Gilmy again. Welcome back to the show. I am very excited about this one. To all my new listeners, welcome back to all my OGs from episode number one, all 12 of you. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. It's episode 300 with the death merchant Jackson Payne. I am... I'm letting you know right off the top, this is a two-part episode to come back on Tuesday. That's when I'm dropping the second part, part folks. But, it's episode 300. It puts me in that rare 10% of podcasters who have been doing this for so many episodes. And, I'm sur- just as surprised as, as all of you that I made it this far. I'm going to talk more on the back half because I think this interview is phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. And I'm surprised that Jackson Payne hasn't done more more podcasts before. So if you are a wrestling podcaster, get this guy on your show. He's amazing. And truth be told, it was great to talk to, with somebody about speech impediments as well. Because that's one, one thing um, that I've been dealing with my entire life. But I'm going to talk about this all on the, on the back half. Because I want you guys to listen to this interview I'm just going to give a quick shout out to sponsors and then here we go. All right. I am going to start with Ghost Jewels. Go check them out. Use that promo code GILMI for 30% off if you want that dark, darker side of jewelry like myself. If you like skulls, Norris stuff, and satanic things. Ooh. <laughs> that was just goofy. <laughs> If you guys want, check out Ghost Jewels. I love the rings. I'm a silver guy, so I love all their stuff. Batsinthebelfryart.com. She's taking commissions right now, so go check that out. And if you're in London and you're not going to do and find kitchens, what's the matter with you? One of the best restaurants in the city, hands down. And has small batch crab crafted beer on their site it's in dundas and sons brewing so go check them out if you're ever in town amazing food and here it is guys episode number 300 with the death merchant jackson Payne. i hope you you enjoy it and talk to you on the back half good morning good evening good night how is everybody doing out there this is gilmy again and on the line i have the one the only the death merchant himself jackson Payne, former courage pro next generation heavyweight champion and in my opinion he's going to get that title back i am i in my heart of heart i i know it and just coming off of a huge tour from Northern all over Ontario. Let's be honest. I was going to say Northern, but it's all over this province. You can see Jackson Payne from pretty much Niagara Falls all the way up, up to, to the most Northern parts of this, this province. And also all over, all over this, uh, this uh, country too. And I'm lucky that he could actually make time to come on the show today. He is a busier man than I am guys. 
And Mr. Jackson Payne, how are you doing today, sir? I am good. Yourself? I am very good. I am just, uh, well, I just want to get straight in in there to this. And where did you get the love for professional wrestling from? I know you've been in the business for about 14, 14 years, 15 years maybe 13. Uh, Google gave different results, so I know it's around there, but could 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 you tell us where, where the love act actually started from? Um, when, when I was a kid, I was like four or five years old. I was, uh, I think I was uh, watching TV and my dad changed the channel and uh, Saturday Night's Main Event came on and I saw Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and I was hooked. Uh, my first ever WrestleMania I watched was WrestleMania Four, where Macho Man won that that uh, championship in that that tournament where he beat uh, Ted DiBiase. And after that, it was that was it. I had to do it one day, and one day I just said, "You know what? Let's see what happens." And fourteen years later, here I am. And I gotta say that tournament was when I first saw WrestleMania Four, Macho Man. He was my guy after that. He was one of my favorites because I've never seen a tournament before WrestleMania 4. They were not done. I know they were a Japanese thing, but let's be honest, a young kid from Welland, Ontario in the early 80s didn't even know Japanese wrestling exists. So at the time, I was only a WWE guy, and that was an amazing show. Still, Still to this day holds up, and one of my favorite WrestleManias by far. Yeah, I uh, to this day I go back and watch the seventies, eighties, nineties, anything with Savage, anything with you know Hogan, all those guys back, Loser Brody, you know. Uh, Brody oh. is Brody is just crazy. It to see what he got away with at that time and didn't end up in jail. <laughs> it was a different time back then, man. You oh, I know stuff back then you could now. Oh no, just like swinging a chain in a crowd of fans. <laughs> I remember Hercules to Hernandez tried doing that a few times, and that didn't fly too many times in the 80s. So, oh no, it just, I think Brody got a pass on on a lot of it. Come on, look at, look at him. Things. He's like six, eight, 315 pounds. You're going to stop that guy? No. No. <laughs> uh, if I see, if I was to see Bruiser Brody walking down the street, I would be go, probably go on the, the, the other side and just be like, okay, he looks like. He just looked crazy and like an absolute monster. Yeah. Now, the thing about about the reason I really wanted to get you on this show was to just ask what what about what about this name, Jackson Payne? Where did that come from specifically? So Jackson's been been a name that I've thrown around for for a couple of years and. It came to fruition when I started watching Sons of Anarchy. And I, I saw Jax Teller and I was like, okay, he's a badass. He's no, no, no shit. Take sorry about my, my language, but no shit in your face. I'll pound you into oblivion. You get in my way. So I'm like, okay, take the name, take that. I was messing around with last names. I'm like, pain. I want my gimmick to be, to be, you know, a guy who, yeah, it reflects as much pain as possible. So I'm like, Jackson Payne. And then I'm like, I'm going to change the way it's spelt. So J-X-O-N-P-A-Y-N-E. It just looks a lot better presentation-wise than J-A-C-K-O-N. 
normal pain. So I'm going to it all. Be be 100% different, so it's me. No one else but for me. And it one of those things where it's like, let, let's see what happens. And it was one of those, I hit, I hit a home run with the name. And it's one of those names that now when you say it and you tell someone that, it sticks. They oh, know, yeah. oh, Jackson Payne, he's, he's now to be messed with. So, yeah. and he's, it's, I do my own graphics for the, for the show. And it's as a graphic artist design, the five letters versus five letters, you hit gold right there. That is amazing. Cause you got the, the T the TDM shirts, you got Jackson Payne. It just fits. It flows in every single way possible. And I just, I just love it. And the green and black, we were talking a little bit well, before we we hit the record button. And the story behind the colors, I I really, really liked. Well, why why did you pick green and green and uh, and uh, black? Well, if you if you think back to early childhood, what was what characters cartoons were green? Ninja Turtles. Yep. You know, the Joker. Right. Oh yeah. So how can in a wrestling world, how can you bring those to life and make them different? Well, have neon green, have fluorescent green, have different versions of it that's not necessarily DX, but you own. And I come up with, you know, the vice versa, the black and the green, the green and the black. And it just I, I tried it one day and it, it stuck and fans seem to, especially the kids, gravitate to it. It's almost like yeah. when I'm out there, they look at it and it's it's like it when they see me there, it's like they know I'm I'm protecting them in a way, which is which is insane because I've had a couple of fans parents come up to me and be like, My daughter thinks you're her favorite wrestler, she has your shirt on, she wears it as a safety net because she knows if she has it on that she's protected because when you're out there, you take care of business and make sure that no one no one um makes fun of the kids or hurts them or whatever. Even as a heel, I could be yelling, screaming, telling you off, but the kids gravitate to me. It's like he's standing up for us. So it's like I figured kids would like those colors. Some adults too, but mostly the kids gravitate to it. Oh yeah. And the thing is you do look like a real life superhero in that in that in that ring because you are a very wide man and i say that in the nicest way possible I appreciate you that. you are you are are a big hulking hulking dude and i know if you were to get in the ring with somebody like me i would end up being thrown across the entire the entire building and i am not a small guy so i really want to see you wrestle travis Travis Moore and kind of just throw him as a or a lawn, or a lawn dart, just be like you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day, you know, and, and oh, yeah. like, you know when when you're out there, it's it's a, it's it's to, to go back to your question about the colors. Um, I've had people, like I said, come up to me and be like, "You have no idea what you've done for my kid or you've done for me," and and it's like you really sit back and you take it in and be like, you have to think. Well, that was. Me once upon a time when I looked at Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, The Rock, Triple H, you know, it's like I was like that. Now for fans to look at me like that, it's 
it's a lot to take in, but it's a reason why I do it. Through interviews, through anything, you know, I don't feel like getting ready sometimes. And I see those kids out there, I hear the the adrenaline. It's like, let's do it. Oh, yeah. You know, and and the kids make it all like, you know, if if I was able to do make a wish, you know, it's one of those things I would love to do. Oh, and yeah, it's it's one of those things that just helping out the kids is one of the biggest things that I personally do. And it's just one of those things that, yeah, I'm not making a dime doing this, but my life is better because of it. Exactly. Especially when I get messages on my social media, which I always respond uh, as best as I can, as fast as I can. And there was like messages from today and yesterday I got from fans and, and you, you don't realize how, how much it hits home and you, you affect someone's life in a positive way. Um, like I said, like how I felt when I saw Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, and it's it's like you never in your wildest dreams think that that's going to be you. Yeah, you're doing this 14 years, it never struck a chord that hey, you're losing your life superhero to these kids until just recently, and now it's you know one of those days where I'm like, I go out there and I give all my energy to those kids, and then they, in return they give it back to me when I'm doing my thing in that 18 by 18 square ring, you know, and oh yeah. Because I bring, or my kids are now teens, and I'm not, I am no longer cool, but I brought them to wrestling shows as a kid. I brought them with me wherever I, wherever, ever I actually went. And just putting my, my, my daughter is my huge wrestling fan. I have four kids. My boys, uh, one is actually 14 and going to, going to try training at, very very soon over over the over the summer he wants to give it a go he's into weightlifting he has my size and he's one of these the kid's going to be an absolute beast (laughs) and it just he's going to give give it a shot over the summer see if he actually likes it and and i'm trying so hard not to just push him (laughs) being the gigantic wrestling fan fan i am but I know somebody who is going to take very good care of him and make sure he is safe. And this person, I, I really trust with my children because, all right, screw it. I'll just say it. It's for the people who long-term listeners of, of the show know my co-host, Tom, Tom's going to be working, working with him. So that, that'll be good. Cause I think Spencer's all, all already taller, tall, tall, taller than him. So That'll be an interesting summer. I gotta say that. <laughs> well, one of those things where it's like you know, it, it's not the easiest sport. If oh, yeah. I can say it's a sport, still, it is a sport. Um, it, it's one of the the things. It's like when you take that first bump, that mm-hmm. reaction is one of two things. Okay, yes, I'm gonna do this, or what the hell am I thinking? Or what I did, I uh, don't didn't tuck 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 my uh, chin yeah. and uh i knocked myself out and woke up in in the car on the way home it's tuck your chin man oh yeah yep, like, yeah See, it was uh late late 90s i was a uh, skinny 18 year old kid and uh nobody told me nothing let's just see see what you got training is very different today than it was back in the late 90s yeah it, it's more hands-on now than it was back then because back then People didn't want you in the business. People didn't want you to succeed because 
back in that time, it was like, and still to this day is, oh, if someone comes in, they might be taking my spot. Yeah. Or they may be better than me. So let's put my thumb on them and see how much we can push them before they say, okay, I'm done with this. Like a story with me is, you know, I, I started training with, you know, Lip Impact, Eddie Osborne, Reggie Marley, um, back in 2007, 2008. Um, and I, I had to own respect. Like I was called anything but my name because some of the trainers saw stuff in me that they wanted to push and make sure that this this kid, greater than grass, had. And the more they pushed, the more I showed that I wasn't going to give up and I wasn't going to surrender. And yeah, I come back black and blue and so on. You don't want to move, but I was training five days a week in a little... Wow. A, a little shed outside of a train, uh, outside of uh, beside a train track, and you know you're in there busting your butt, you know every day, two or three hour sessions, you know you you doing squats and burpees and planks till you puking, and then even pushing for for further and further because they want to see what this person has and what they don't have. And I've seen a lot of people come and go in the last fourteen years. I started training with Rip and all those guys, and now. You know, I've, I've had been fortunate enough to train in different places. Right now, I'm training at Off the Rope Studio in Kitchener with Lenny Lilac and Jeff Black and Vanessa Douglas and, you know, who was Sabrina Kyle. And and, and I'm out there and I'm helping the new kids and, and you know, showing them tricks, tips and tricks on what what I've done and what I, I've done in the past, which I shouldn't do now. And, <laughs> and always evolving. You're always learning in this business. You, people always think that you know everything. You'll never know everything in this business. Even Rick Flair will tell you, you're still learning. He's 76 years old, and he's still learning every day. Yeah, you because know? just looking at how much he trained to have one match in his 70s, yeah. it was amazing watching him and Jay Lethal. I found the training actually more interesting than the match because just what he had to do to get there. And he shouldn't even have been doing it. Oh, no. Like, everybody told him no this bad idea terrible and it's like was one of the biggest indie pay-per-views that year well and right. they brought, they brought back uh promotions for one night only and like, that's huge oh yeah and, and, brought... and like i i helped the new kids you know there's these two new kids that uh three new kids so i i help and and they're on the uh indie scene now uh cj and and Riley and Jordan, and they're they're gonna be the the next stars of this business, man. You know, um, some of them already had matches, some of them, you know, are, are already have victories. And when I go to the, the school whenever I can and help out, I do it because I love to. Plus, I also do it because I learned because I could teach, learn something from these guys that I never knew before, different styles, different what have you, and. I've done seminars. I just did Advanced Nevada seminar um, on the fifth. Oh yeah, at Studios, and you know, people think you see a seminar, you think that you're bumping 20, 25 times. No, this is more like knowledge. Uh, he has a seminar. seminar. So Advanced Nevada seminar uh, on the the fifth, and people think these seminars. You think. You know, we're doing all these drills, all these spots. No, it was a lot of knowledge, like pen to paper, how to 
lead a room, how to lead the fans. If if one section of the fans are being loud, focus more on them. How to move your body in a way where you're always looking and you're always feeling out of room and how you always learning. And he's been doing it through the use. And I try to go to every seminar I can. And I tell you right now, I've learned a lot just by listening and putting pen to paper at this seminar than I have in previous seminars I've ever been to in my life. And just the the patience he has to explain why you do something is just off the chart. And that's why he's one of the best. Yeah. And just I I've actually heard 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 people only say good things about that yeah. guy. He has come up on the show multiple times. I've never interviewed him yet. <laughs> and he, he took a gimmick that was a joke and turned it into something that he's been using for years. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it just you never know what's going to catch on. Like who thought the boogeyman would huh. still be doing the boogeyman gimmick? Right. 10, and 15 years after he leaves WWE. It's one of those things that's like what I was saying about you get you get in the in someone's mind and it do stuff it. It's like, you know, you you think of Owen Anderson, the first thing you think of is a spine mustard. Oh yeah. I mean and, and it's like some people say, Oh well, his DDT he used in WSW. Play. It's one of those two. It's it's always like that that image is in the back of your mind. You mentioned Jackson Page, you think you think a monster, you think green and black, you think this guy's off is off the chain, he's nuts. Same thing with you know Vance Nevada, you know, these other these other names that have been around 30 plus years. Oh yeah. And getting back on topic to you, how how would you actually define your wrestling your wrestling style? Oh geez, um, I, I, a lot of alteration. <laughs> um, first <laughs> and foremost, um, another thing like you said is one of those things. It's like you see what sticks, what works. You know, there's been so many styles I've tried, and the one that's that I've noticed works the most is the, the slow, methodical. You know, in your face. I'm good. When I catch you, it's it's over style. That old school Bruiser Brody, you know, slow, methodical, Bulldog, Triple H, you know, style Hogan where the big guy he catches you, it's done. And and it's it's it all goes back to I guess being a kid and watching these larger than life life stars. Like you look at Andre the Giant, one of the biggest names in, in the business. Yep. He didn't do anything fast. Nope. He could have, but he didn't. You know, you watch WrestleMania 3, him and Hogan, 93,000 fans. They didn't do anything. You know, no. the biggest it thing was... was he missed he missed a boot. Hogan hit him with a clothesline. Hogan went for a slam, fell on him, leg drop, one, two, three. Yep. And, and they it... went a half an Absolutely hour. crazy. It was the buildup for that particular match is what made me a lifelong fan. No one saw it coming. No. They even went as far as making Andre his own belt. Yeah. Like, with me, it's like I've learned now, I should have known long, long time ago, less is more. And, you know, they say five moves of doom. <laughs> I may have seven. Yeah. 
if I'm lucky. I'm always changing stuff up, but I probably have seven. Because and, you also have to keep it interesting for yourself. Right. And you like, also have to have variety. And if you watch one of Jackson Payne matches, it's always different. Yeah. Look different. There's different aspects of my match. There's different different moves, different, you know, different way I present myself. Um you you never get the same old Jackson Payne. You get I'm always evolving, I'm always changing, I'm always trying to think of something different. Yeah. It goes by if I if I take my list the right way or a different way or what I'm wearing or what I'm not wearing, it keeps it interesting. Oh yeah. And speaking of the matches, you just had one with one of the biggest names on in all of independent wrestling right now. You had a match with Eric Redbeard. I did. I did. <laughs> that was a little bit of a, oh, my God, is this real? When I first saw it advertised, um, yes, I wrestled Eric Redbeard. Um, probably the biggest match of my professional career and of my life. Um, you work for me, you know, yeah. through all my, my trials, tribulations, obstacles in my career. I've worked 14 years for this moment. Moments you think that are few and far in between. Even if you're lucky to even have matches like that, I have to say that was probably the best match of my, my professional crew was against Eric Redbeard. How did how how did it go? Because we were talking a little bit earlier and uh <laughs> you he he, is... he he left you a souvenir, let's just say that. <laughs> he left me a, a few souvenirs. Um yeah. He is, I, I can't say anything bad about the guy. He is massively tall. Yeah. Um, he literally was so giving in that match where he can just tell how good you are by the way you circled the ring. And he was explaining and telling me, like, you know, I know you've been around this long just by the way you move, just by the way you you listen to the crowd. You, you know, the match was amazing. The match was about eighteen minutes, and it, it I I can't sum up the words the the feeling you get of the fulfillment fulfill, fulfillment in my in my life and my 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 heart of how I felt going into that match and how I feel now. One of the best moments of my career and probably the best match I've had in my last 14 years. That is amazing because I know I don't do video guys, but this man has he just looking at, at, at his face here. You can, he is a genuine dude. He is heart on the sleeve saying this is 14 years of hard work and it paid off. And people, it's amazing. People, and people tell me we're telling me, and then you know, and I'm I'm gonna shoot because I'm I'm just you know, gonna be as open as possible. Yeah, and and, thank and you. With, with podcasts and and people like yourself, you you want an open book, and you know, 14 years in the making. I I've had people tell me you'll never amount to anything. You're not good enough. Look at look at the way you look, the way you talk, the way you act. You know, I 
you know, I, I persevered and I pushed and I pushed. And there's been times where I've wanted to give up and say, it's not worth it. It's not, it's never going to happen. And then you get out of the blue, a message from a promoter saying, hey, this is a special attraction match for said show. And you're lucky enough to be alongside a name of Eric Redbeard. So when I saw that, I get goosebumps talking about it now. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was someone playing a rib on me. I thought it was not legit. And then I got all the messages from the boys going, oh, my God, do you see who you're working? And I'm like, it is legit. So I knew that I had to be in the best shape possible, the best mindset, and just go out there and have fun. And if it's not fun, the fans know it. Believe it. If you go out there and you are not into it, the fans know. The fans know more than people think. So if you go out there and you half-assing it, they know. I went out there, had the best match of my career, and it was a different style match that Jackson Payne would have. But again, you have to adjust to your atmosphere. You have to adjust to who you're working. Face it, he's 315 pounds. Yeah. He's six foot eight, six foot nine. He's a big boy. He's not going to be out there having a match with a guy who's five eight, 150. You know what I mean? Yep. So you have to adapt and you have to to get, you know, get you your stuff across in a different way. So because let's, and let's be perfectly honest here. In, in Ontario Indie, you are one of the bigger dudes. Yes. You really are. You stand out. But... Eric Redbeard is a human monster. He is a large man. He's uh, about a half a foot taller than me, has a hundred pounds on me. And I've been called a giant three times this week. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you, you stand, I, I have a photo standing beside Eric Rowan. And even on my social, there's highlights and you see me standing with him. And there's a foot difference. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not a small man by any chance, but yeah. compared to him, he dwarfs me. And, you know, I have, to this day, I have people coming up to me going, oh, my God, you wrestled with Redbeard. How was that? I can't put into words on how that felt, except, you know, the word that gets used over and over again is is amazing. Yeah. And, and it's it's like, what tops that? What what tops a match like that? Yeah, that's the that's the that's the thing. It, it's you like are Kevin Owens said, "What tops wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania?" Yeah, nothing. Unless I get signed, hopefully, which is that is the the next thing. Yep. What tops it? Another name? Oh, I have, and I'm going to say this right now. Why are you not on on friggin' Impact, dude? <laughs> Oh my God! They could. If you, I if know, you can, I. If you can get a, get a hold I, of whoever's in charge and and be like, hey, you take a look at this this cat. Then, sure. Like I'm, I'm always sending myself in. I'm always, oh, yeah. you know, I'm in talks with promoters in Canada, the states. My biggest thing is trying to branch out to the states. But the thing is, is who can you who can you trust in? Who can you? Who's legit? Who's not just going to tell you what you want to hear? You know, then you get yeah. there. You don't know who you are. Because wanna. you've you've been in this 14 years. Right. You have probably heard a lot of things. Too many. From a lot of different people. And 
honestly, I put on one, I, with my, my co-host Tom, we put on one wrestling show in 2018. Yeah. I still get the occasional message from wrestlers asking when I'm doing another show. And there you go. That, that's yeah, what it's... you're saying about, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't. If you have wrestlers come up to you being like, hey, kill me, how aren't you doing shows? Why aren't you doing shows? You're onto something. And what you're saying about why am I not signed? I'm just plugging away, man. I, oh, I know. I get in that ring. I have a better match, a different match. I'm I'm always trying to raise the bar. A little sometimes it's a little too high, but I try to raise that bar. And people ask me, two injuries, and like, why do you do it? For the love of it all. Yeah. Back to those those kids back when we talked about back, you know, yep. 20 minutes or so. The kids, you put a smile on a kid's face, heel face, whatever. They'll remember that for years to come. Oh, yeah. I had a, a girl, her dad told me that he bought one of my old shirts the first time I was at the, the show I worked at. She wore it, said show, two weeks ago. She used that as a safety blanket. It's for me, that is the ultimate compliment because he messaged me saying she never takes it off. Yeah. I like to wash it and then she puts it back on because you have shown such a good message where she's protected by that. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, my little girl has one indie wrestling shirt. I see her wearing this thing at least once once a week. At least she absolutely loves it. She takes care of it like nothing else. She will make sure that shirt goes in the dark load. She will check on it. She will hang dry it. It does not go in the dryer because she takes care, takes such good care of this shirt. And, and that's it too. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, the, the fans don't get enough enough credit. Yes, it's all about the, the wrestlers. Go, it's all about us. It's all about us going out there with our bodies. But without fans, kids, adults, whoever, there wouldn't be a wrestling business. Oh, yeah. And there wouldn't be people like the Jackson Paynes or the the Lenny Lilacs or the, you know, the Eric Rowans to, to be doing it. Like, people are always like, oh, well, I see an indie wrestler or back on the indies. It's a downgrade. No, they do it because they love it. Yeah, they know the more reps in the tank, the better it is to get back on television. Oh yeah, just like me doing. I'm going to use myself as an example. I am no professional wrestler, guys. I'm not even going to joke about being that because I have such a respect for for the business. But when I stop having fun doing this show, I'm almost. This might actually be episode three hundred. Um, I've done a lot of shows. When this stops being fun, I'm not going to do it because it's a lot of work between editing, graphic graphic design, getting people on the show, just reaching out 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 to people. Because people don't understand. I'm actually a really shy guy. Like and at in a wrestling atmosphere, I will yell at the bad guys. I will cheer the heels. It's like when I'm in that environment, I put all my guards down, all my social anxiety, and I just enjoy the show. I never touch my phone. I don't take photos. I don't take videos. 
I am just a fan in the moment and I absolutely love it. And and that's how it should be. Yeah. And that's how you know whoever you're watching in the ring is doing a new job because they have you emotionally invested on what they're doing, which is which I hate to say it and and I may get heat for it, but it's a lost art nowadays to keep people emotionally involved. Oh yeah. Split amount of people that do it. You know, I'm lucky enough where I can do it. I can do it now. I wish I could have done it years ago, but now better late than never, but I'm doing I'm able to do it now. And and I have people come up to me, oh my God, are you okay? And this and then you know in the back of your mind, okay, you got them. You you, yeah. you have mostly invested on what's happening with you. I have people, some people see me in grocery stores and they'll see me if I'm you know, hurt or something. Oh my God, are you are you okay? Is that from this, this, and this? You know, and and you know you got them. You and of them of course, you say yes. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> because it, it does hurt. If anyone oh, yeah. does not hurt, they're, yep. they're nuts. Like obviously, you have to be some sort of lunatic to do this for a living. Oh yeah, you and know, I I I have a lot of professional wrestlers I consider genuine friends now. Like, um, for I my co-host is a professional wrestler. He yeah. does when when me and Tom go uh, have back and forth we just basically make fun of each other for an hour i make fun of all for all all of his bruises and he makes makes fun of me for being soft it works out it's that's our relationship that's our dynamic because he's, he's the yin yu yang oh exactly <laughs> like and i'm the big guy and he's the little guy and the, one of us is a okay he's not a little guy guys but he says that if we were to walk in and you say one of us is a professional professional wrestler, they're going to look at the six foot two chubby guy. They're not going to look at the lean, mean fighting fighting machine who's who's only like five eight, five nine, five ten. Yeah. I forget how tall he is right now. I know I well, I know I'm taller, and he's going to drive me. He's going to kill me for saying that on on the show. <laughs> but it just. A big thing is people don't understand about wrestling. It's there is a love for it that is hard to describe unless you have it. Unless it's you, an, it's an it. unconditional love. It's you know I've learned over the years, like you know I've loved it since four or five years old. You know WrestleMania four. Yeah. You know there, there's a undying love there. If you don't have it, you're wasting your time. Um, you're wasting the fans' time. Like I said, they can tell if it's genuinely there. If you love what you're doing, they can sense it. And and like I, you know, people always ask me who your favorite wrestler is. Who's your favorite wrestler? That for the longest time it was Hulk Hogan because that was all I remembered. Oh yeah. Over the last couple of years, you know, it's starting to change the Randy Macho Man Savage. And I think it's always been there, but to blow me in my mind, the biggest thing in the 80s was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So you were, okay, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. The biggest thing in my life was the Mega Powers. That was oh, it. Yeah. That was the best of both worlds. And then it was Hogan, 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 Hogan. Now it's so much it's Macho Man. And and now it's like, okay, who, who's your favorite wrestler? Well, I could definitely say Randy Macho Man Savage. Because... Macho Man has that look when he gets in the ring. And I think that's where, to believe it or not, I think that's where Jackson Payne originated from. 
but just with a different twist. Yeah. If you think about it, Macho Man had the neon green. He had the black. He had the white. He had every color. I think that's where Jackson Payne comes from. Oh, yeah. Is a twist off Macho Man Randy Savage, if you really strip all the layers away, with added things over the years. Yeah, because it's still you. Yeah, Jackson's and me turned is... up to 150 50 degrees, and it's yeah. legit me. I'm not playing Jackson Payne. Jackson Payne is deep down me inside. You see me in the gym, and I'm quiet, and I'm grand, I'm going crazy. It's pretty much Jackson Payne. So Jackson Payne deep down is is me to my core. And people say, oh, you're playing wrestling. No, Jackson Payne is me to the the way I act, the way I, I am most of the time, that's me in a nutshell. Because how, and this is, hey guys, I just want to say thank you for listening to episode 300. 301, I'm going to be dropping on, on uh, Tuesday. It just, this is a long, longer episode for me, but I think it's absolutely amazing. We talk about a lot of things and I'm happy you guys listened all the way through. Now going to get on to what 300 means to me. It puts me in that rare 10% of podcasts that have 300 episodes plus. Sponsorships, look for that number. They really do. Uh, They look for consistency. They look for a lot of different things. And if you're a podcaster, message me. We can talk about that. I know a few tips and tricks about that. And I just want to say from the deepest part of my heart thank you to everyone who's bought merch to everyone who supported shirtcasters ofenti cities uh the gilmy talks launch cart store everything like that thank you anyone who's downloaded left a comment um thank you i truly appreciate it anyone who checked out any of the other shows from oiw or the genres network thank you it's just a huge thing that I never thought I would get this far with this show. Like, I've done live talks, I've done appearances, I've done so many things, guys, because of this show. And to be downright honest, it's because of you guys. You guys have made this possible for me to do. And, yeah, I've made sacrifices, I've done... I've spent too much money on a microphone and I need to buy a new laptop to keep up with the times and it's just one of those things that I'm just, it's mind-blowing to me that I've got to do this for you guys. And I've talked about my speech impediment before on the show but not to that length in this episode and I think I'm going to be talking about that more. Because it is a disability that I've overcome. And I represent a certain group of uh, people. And I think I gotta be more open with the behind-the-scenes stuff that I uh, do do with you guys. Like, um, I work with different organizations. Because they know I do a podcast. And, oh, there goes the rest. And it's just one of these things that is just absolutely amazing that I get to do from right now I'm sitting on my couch 
my TV's going in, in the background on mute. Surprise, surprise, watching wrestling. Can't wait for Dark Side of the Ring to come out on the 30th because I get to look at, at the scenes and go, okay, who is that from the Ontario scene? But everything I've done from Ethan's fight to developing a friendship with different people, like, I'm just so happy that I've had the opportunities that I've had. Like, I got to bring my kids to a convention and they sat in the audience and watched me do do, do my thing. And cool dad moment. My wife getting to see me get noticed in public because of the show. <laughs> that was fun and awkward and I made it weird because I make it weird. And all the good conversations I've had and trust me, there's been some bad ones too. I haven't been yelled at by other podcasters. I have got angry messages if I'm late on a show or something, but life happens. That's why I kind of, I'm trying to schedule myself better. And this is where I want to announce something. I do do a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Talks, And... I'm going to be, I've been putting up my content there for about two months now. I haven't been pushing hard because I think you guys should have something to go to and see and get, right? So I've been slowly putting my stuff there. I absolutely love it. I'm having fun fun with it. If you guys want to sign up, it's five, ten, or thirty bucks a month, different tiers, different things. I want that to be kind of the next step for Gilmy Talks because I have a couple ideas. And one is Gimpy the Cryptid, which is going to be a monthly show. Uh, short short style. And I chase my buddy Gimpy, and he's a cryptid, so I can't see him. But you guys can through the camera. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be fun. And I'm also going to start a show called The Villain. I've been thinking about this show since I started podcasting. And I'm finally going to put it out there for you. Because it's just a short story reading style show. And to be honest, I got the idea from a podcast that just started called Nocturnal Mysteries that I'm really, really loving. Go check it out. And it'll be similar to me just reading more of the cryptid style shows I've ever done. And I'm just, and I just want to say a huge thank you to a couple special people here. Uh, big thank you to Tom being my co-host, following me on my crazy ideas about a whole bunch of things. And just being there for being able to text and that kind of stuff. Number two, my wife, Catherine. She has been the biggest supporter of this show and everything I have done. And I am so lucky to have her. She is my everything. She is the reason I do. I wake up in, in the morning. She is the reason I breathe. And some people are like... Oh, that's too much. No, it's really not. That's I do everything in my life 
to be a better man for her. Brendan Caulfield is a big inspiration to the show about why not try it. And we've had many conversations about podcasting. We've had many conversations about content creation. We've had many conversations. And I miss that guy. And I wish I I I I, I could just talk to him, talk to him more. But we're both we're both busy. And I know he is working hard to revamp his content creation right now. And all the power to him. I hope he succeeds. I hope that he gets everything in life that he wants. Curtis and Brian Rich Cannon. Two people who have changed my viewpoints on a lot of things in this world. And started a business and believed that in themselves and believed in me that I can do this. That I we can work together and make make something happen. And we have. Um my kids because they think I'm famous <laughs> or their schoolyard friends think I'm famous. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> and I don't want to be. I just want to be a guy who does his work and has a nice little hobby hobby he takes care of. And I just want to say to everyone who has, like, even the OIW guys and the Johners guys and all the conversations we've had, thank you. Like George Mackay from Straight Talk, Toby Von Doom and Goobs from Secret Levels, John Scott from Johners, uh, WTLS for making me that amazing Gomi Luchador graphic. It's, these guys have become friends. Dylan Graydon, just having having chats about nonsense online. Hope that guy does is. I really like that guy's show, and I hope the consistency kicks kicks in. But I know his life is absolutely crazy, and I'm starting to ramble. But I just want to say a big thank you. I appreciate you all, and. Thank you for tuning in to Gilmy Talks.